When you're ready. Okay. Uh, boy, you're really peaked out there. Okay. Right. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> Popping them Whoa. peas. Bright red lights. <laughs> Popping them peas, uh. bro. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host in Lackawanna County part-time volunteer sheriff's deputy, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's assistant to the regional manager. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Hello! Welcome to Hay Place, a place for hay. <laughs> I am your hay king. All hail your hay king! <laughs> And that is uh, the voice of the theme of today's episode. We're going to discuss Dwight Kurt Schrute the uh, Third. Dwight, aka Mr. Poop. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Poop himself, <laughs> named by uh, Jake Meredith's son, aka D D Money Dwigged, Computron, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Recyclops. Ugh. One of the best. <laughs> and Palutacorn. <laughs> I thought Recyclops was killed by Palutacorn. Palutacorn wishes. <laughs> Samuel L. Chang, the robot butler. <laughs> From Met, uh, Threat Level Midnight. Uh-oh, I forget it, brother. Jacques Souvenier. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Dwight Fartshroot. All right, the many names. I, I couldn't uh, anymore. D. To Angela, do you? Yeah, know yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. he holds okay. a brown belt. Just some other achievements of his. Mm-hmm. That's right. Eventually, that it's a, eventually, it's a black belt. Oh, he does. But I think it's a purple belt during the fight. Okay, gotcha. He, Thank uh, you. He's also referred to as Old Dwight in season nine <laughs> when they bring in New Dwight. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Clark, mm-hmm. aka, um, played by Rain Wilson. Rain once described Dwight as a fascist nerd in uh, some DVD commentary. Uh, Dwight is the Dunder Mifflin head salesman. He's also assistant to the regional manager. Uh, later in the show, he does become the Dunder Mifflin regional manager. He works some other jobs as well. He's a staples salesman for a short period of time. Of course, he's also That's a right. beet farmer and owner of Shoot Farms, owner of the Scranton Business Park, the building that uh, the Scranton branch is in. Um. He, uh, his wardrobe, he likes to wear mustard. Mm-hmm. That's his favorite color. It's a good day I'm wearing my mustard shirt, <laughs> as he says when he's trying to uh, seduce Toby. What color is Dwight's shirt today? Uh, Dijon or standard yellow? Mm-hmm. Ooh, spicy brown. Spicy brown. He hates long sleeves, as we learn when Charles Minor uh, creates a dress code. And, uh, and sometimes if he's dressing up, he will wear a vest. <laughs> and when he goes casually, where's that Cornell crew neck? Uh, he's also uh, he's also kind of like a violent character. Uh, <laughs> say perhaps the, the most violent person in the mm-hmm. in the office. Uh, he uh, has physically attacked Roy, Gabe, Michael. Uh, he pretends to attack Phyllis when he's uh, demonstrating for the whole office some of his martial arts. Then he attacks himself. Shot a gun, spanked Andy. You let go. No, you let go. Uh, well, He also attacked a... Stanley. Did you mention that? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. That's right. He does. Of course. Meredith. Uh, Stairmageddon. That's right. Mm-hmm. Meredith. Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty much attacked everyone. He's hiding weapons all uh, over the place. Arguably the most. Arts. Arguably putting someone's head in a bag with a bat is about as violent as it gets. True. Um, that's just a brief introduction, but uh, what what do we want to talk about today yeah. about Dwight? So as we prepare to talk about Dwight, uh, we kind of were thinking about the characters maybe we haven't serviced enough. I mean, obviously, that's why we did the Angela and the Dare episodes uh, mm-hmm. earlier in, I guess, our run. But I think Dwight is one of the main characters and a character uh, to whom we've, played, we've paid the least service. You know, yeah. um, Dwight is a fixture of the show. He's a pillar of the show for all nine seasons. He gets a ton of screen time. He's a, he's a major featured character kind of throughout the whole run. 
and his sort of plotting and schemes and his relation to Michael and his support of Michael as like the yeah. as his right hand man. Undying like, loyalty. Yeah, it's a huge part in the office, right? And it kind of uh he's always trying to dominate everyone else in the office, <laughs> right? He's trying to assert himself yeah. as, as a superior being, which is a uh, cause a lot of humor, a lot of funny the situations that we have. You need someone who in in a in a show about a dull product and a dull job in a dull place you need someone who really cares like a lot about all those things like a militant approach to selling yes. paper and it's just like i'm doing the best i possibly can i'm the only yeah. one here doing that as a counterpoint to jim especially and michael and some of the other ensemble characters who either who don't take this very seriously that which is to say the business of selling paper right if they don't take their work and themselves very seriously you need a character like dwight to balance himself who He's takes himself opposite. and the work Way, way too seriously. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, in that season one or season two, I think, <laughs> healthcare, right? Is that season one? Season I'm, one. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of where we first see a great example of that, that he's willing to just take away um, uh, all these healthcare benefits from all the people he works with just to save the company money. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a company man. <laughs> he's by far the least diplomatic well, one of the least diplomatic people in the office. Oh, for, That's sure. for sure. There's a moment he has in social uh, trouble, in, ineptitude. Yes, That's right. Uh, in season three, when Dwight has to quit because he isn't going to uh, declare his love for Angela, but he doesn't want to say to Michael why he brought the tax forms to corporate. Uh, eventually, it comes back that you know Angela tells Michael that Dwight was doing it for her for the company. And Michael says, Dwight loves this company, right? Yeah. And he goes, he uses that as kind of the fuel to go get him back from Staples. So, right. Yeah. I, I mean, the coup is, I think the coup is a really important episode in the, in the Dwight uh, story. Uh, that's when we see that maybe his loyalty to Michael isn't purely out of his love for Michael, right? It's all about his love for um, the company power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh that seems to be very important to Dwight, uh, getting as much power as possible. Which and then color using is best? It over people. Black, because it is the most dominant. <laughs> like any scene, anything with Dwight playing the power game, we're sort of the like Machiavellian, like uh, going back to anything to amass power. Those that's like the best. So I think some of the best Dwight Schrute moments is when he's scheming and when he's backstabbing. Yeah. I mean, he he is like a his heroes are are dictators and uh, his speech that and he table gives tennis he, players. That, that's yes, right. of that's course. Right. Um, that speech that he gives, of course, Jim kind of tricks him into it, but mm-hmm. uh, but he really gets into it. The speech that he gives when he wins the um, what is it regional salesman of the year, mm-hmm. salesman of the year in the episode in drug testing at the end of season two, where he's all dressed up in his sheriff's deputy garb oh, God. and he's interviewing other people. You know, Jim says, unfortunately, Dwight finding drugs is more dangerous than most people using drugs. And there's a moment where Kelly is just going on. And he goes, listen, this is not Kelly Kapoor story hour. <laughs> drugs were consumed on the premises. And at what time did you leave the office last night? <laughs> uh, it's, it's millions of millions die from drug use each year. An echo also too when he says uh, identity theft is not a, is not a joke, Jim. <laughs> millions millions of, families. of families suffer every year. <laughs> Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Is that is that his most enduring quote? That millions of families every year. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Although that's a Jim quote. Jim, that's not him. Yeah, right. That it's not even it's not even Dwight. Bears beats Battlestar. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the most iconic Dwight quote is, but Hmm. maybe we'll find it. Yeah. I think Dwight's evolution over the course of the nine seasons is really, really important to the show. And a lot of it has to do with the relationships with the other characters in the show. Um, I mean, we'll cover that. But I think one thing that I've always kind of thought is that Dwight really grounds the show. The commitment, the way that he takes everything so seriously, the fact that this ridiculous character can be kind of the most serious or the person that takes the work the most seriously mm-hmm. kind of sets the stage for a lot of the absurdity and craziness that kind of ensues over the rest of the show, right? I think... You know, even when, even before and after Michael Scott, like Dwight's sort of presence is what kind of facilitates all of that. Like Michael being crazy, right? And Michael making all these crazy jokes and doing all these offensive things and having these ideas and schemes. Like he he needs Dwight right there to like be supporting him and like right. being like, yeah, Michael, all right, yeah, like, yeah, high fiving and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it it it's it's when 
Michael kind of has a henchman. It, it's just even more funny. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, I'm trying to think now of like just times when Dwight helping Michael gets so outrageous. What about when Michael, when uh, Michael finds out that Jan is pregnant? Right, and he helps him give birth to the water. Jim diagrams uh, it. Uh, Jan is having a, bur- a baby with a sperm donor, and Michael, Michael is having, having a, a watermelon with, with Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they are connected. I want anesthesia. By... Yeah. <laughs> I don't want natural. It's too late. He's like, ah, he drops the watermelon. <laughs> what is that? Butter. Babies are very slippery. <laughs> now remember, do you have your sharpie? Mark the baby in a way that <laughs> only you would understand and no baby napper would ever be able to duplicate. And then he goes, Michael wasn't there for to have the babies. So the baby could be anyone's except mm-hmm. Michael's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think too, uh, uh, Edwin, you were mentioning how like, like the, his, the way he grounds the show and how he cares about the job so much. Like I just, I know a lot of people like Dwight's their favorite character. Like Dwight, Dwight, I, I, I've talked about my parents who are right now watching the show for the first time yeah. and they're like Dwight's consistency is the funniest thing on the show besides Michael Scott probably but like that is such like it, you need to have that backboard to like throw jokes off of and Dwight is so often not only the butt of jokes but he's so funny also he's just like if you take Dwight out I think like the whole thing doesn't work what, what, what are I, Dwight uh, can be a real asshole um, throughout the show mm-hmm. but what are what are some times when you rooted for Dwight hmm I mean I think just in general like uh, to, to, to your point Alex I'll come back to your point oh, okay, in a second okay, but to your point I think the the best thing about Dwight is that you know exactly where he stands at all times mm-hmm. he is it's not, it's not the same as like hard on his sleeve but he's so blunt and he will give everything to you very directly and and you never like you never have a question about what's going on with him. And it leads to some really funny moments. Like when Michael is really mean to him, he's like obviously very crestfallen. He yeah. hangs his head. Yeah. Right. Uh, and when he's like feeling like excited and triumphant, he's like, yeah, like he's very, very uh, worked up. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. emotionally, like the commitment that Rain Wilson gives to all those choices and those moments and those emotions kind of helps sell a lot of that stuff, especially with the underreaction from a guy like Jim. Right. Um, to your point, moments when we root for Dwight, I think when uh, some of the moments where he's trying to get Michael to like support him or yeah. be his friend, I think yeah. those are big ones. I think when Dwight, um, you know, in general, in, in the Florida arc, when Dwight is trying to become, a, you know, get a promotion and get to the next level, you're kind of on his side, right? Um, and then like near the end of the show, when he kind of realizes his dream of becoming manager, um, which he had thought was out of his reach. He had made too many mistakes is what he says. Right. Like those are moments. And then with him getting back together with Angela, right? Right. Like you never root against Dwight's happiness per se. Like you don't root mm. against Dwight. Um, but he's just like this really unique kind of figure. in the uh, yeah. To Angela, I wasn't really rooting for Dwight and Angela that much until Andy came in. And then they, when they have the duel and all that stuff, yeah. then I was like, I, I want, I want Dwight to, uh, you know, to, to win this out. So that's interesting. Sure. In the duel, you clearly wanted Dwight to win. I did. <laughs> she said she was only sleeping with me. That's a heartbreaking I mean, no moment. One wins and yeah. No one wins in that episode, yeah. but like, I was rooting for Dwight. I mean, it yeah. just makes more sense. Sorry. Well, we've known Sorry, Dwight longer Andy. than... No, I mean, that's, that's just interesting. I don't remember like having a point of view on which character I wanted mm. to win the duel. It's mm. just such a ridiculous thing to even... It really you is. Know, the second time that people have dueled for Angela's heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Another time I cheered for Dwight was when he... Uh, he gets up at the at the at the roast and he defends Michael. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and then Michael makes a jab. And the way idiot, Andy kicks idiot. back, the way the way Dwight kicks back is incredible. And don't I, you Dwight ever really speak to me like that, you small <laughs> pathetic little man? You don't have any family or any friends or any land. Yeah, that's, he saves the land for last as the worst insult. He's like, How dare you speak to him like this? Right, Dwight is there. That was the like, bullet. yeah. I was cheering for Dwight for sure. Dwight can have some great comebacks. I love. Uh, uh, in the injury, when they're driving to the hospital, Michael's talking about how he's going to fire Dwight or something. He's like, you can't fire me. I don't work in this van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has some really astute moments of like, he like, because I feel like early on season one, season two, he's really a brown noser with Michael. He'll do anything that anything. like Michael asks. And that Dr- changes over the yeah. course of the season. And he does have some times where he really is like. Michael, you're totally wrong. I'm going to pretend like you're right, but uh, he he knows when to like kind of hit the eject button. Survivor yeah, you know. man, survivor Perfect man, yeah, exactly, exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, 
He's like, no, I would. <laughs> he's like, I would remove all your fingertips and I'd remove your teeth. So there'd be no way for you to ever for them to ever find me. Uh, yeah. And they would call me the overkill killer. <laughs> I love too when Michael is making the dummy of him that's sleeping at the desk. Mm-hmm. So that like when people come in, it looks like he's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And Dwight's there. And they're like, oh, they're like laughing about it together. <laughs> and then Stanley comes in. And they're like, oh, see if this is realistic. And Stanley says, uh, I don't know why you sleeping at your desk is any better than you not being here. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Most of the time I would be playing hooky. And uh, Dwight says, I won't need to say anything because we'll be together. You know, yeah. he's like, no, I'll mostly Sometimes. be with Daryl or Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I think too. Dwight's relationships, I mean, especially early in the early seasons, like Dwight, Michael, Jim, Pam, and to a lesser extent, Ryan are kind of like the major feature characters, right? And when you think about Dwight's relationships, maybe not with Ryan so much, but with Dwight's relationship with Jim, his relationship with Pam, his relationship with Michael, like those are so foundational to so much of the show. Like the, the pranking and the back and forth between Jim and Dwight and like Jim and Pam or Dwight and Pam's. Like really unique friendship. Okay, from, which which I yeah. think kind of starts in the injury, right? Yes, it does. Uh, D- uh, Dwight gets his concussion as he's rushing off to go save uh, Michael, who burned his foot in the George Foreman grill. Um, but when uh, even in that moment, Michael says, "Don't send Dwight." Yeah, d- don't send <laughs> Dwight. <laughs> uh, Dwight comes back concussed and is acting weird and is being really nice to Pam. Right? That's just and they and there's that part where she's like carrying him out. And she, he's like, oh, Pam, you're so adorable. And she's Huggy like, hugs. She's like, okay, goodbye. And he's like, I'll come back. And she's like, but it'll be different. <laughs> <laughs> but then they do. There is like some other moments, too, between uh, Dwight and Pam that are really great. I think it is not when Joe makes him manager. It's when Michael thinks that he's going to get the job at corporate. And makes Dwight the manager, like end of season three, maybe. Um, and uh, Pam oh, yes. is the secret assistant to the assistant regional manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she like hushes everybody in the meetings. Come on, let's listen to Dwight's lecture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There's just some great moments between there, those two. There's a moment where Dwight, in the farm episode, where Dwight invites people to the funeral by throwing one of two kinds of dirt in their faces. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's either like like that. black yeah. dirt or acidic dirt. <laughs> yeah. Right? He hits Kevin and Kevin's like, acidic, all right. <laughs> and he goes to like hit Pam and Pam like looks at him and he doesn't throw any dirt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another moment where... Uh, I don't even remember the context, but Pam says, Dwight, you and I have always been friends. Remember when you when you uh, when you had your concussion? <laughs> yeah. And then at the very end of the show, when Dwight is kind of summing up, you know, he's like, how do I relate to my subordinates? He's like, Jim Halpert, uh, you know, was once my greatest enemy. He was now my number two and the best man at my wedding. You mm-hmm. know? Pam Halpert was a receptionist, but now she's my best friend. You know, yeah. Oh. And, you know, Angela Martin was my head of accounting. And now she's my wife. So. That's how he kind of describes the three of them at the end of the show to kind oh, of wrap yeah. everything up. There's, a, I just thought of another moment too when Dwight um, makes the machine that's going to send Robert California all their bad emails. Oh, the doomsday device. Yeah. The doomsday device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Pam who's the one who's like, we can win Dwight over. That's right. And then when they're over <laughs> at his farmhouse, she's like, Pobody's nerfed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just like. Dwight just loves that. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody's nerfing. He's like, that's very humorous, right? <laughs> what does he say when they're saying goodbye? Uh, oh, well, I can't think of it. <laughs> he, <laughs> it's he, something he like, reuses, see you later yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they go over there and, you know, everyone is yelling at Dwight. Everyone is trying to convince him of things, right? And Pam is the only person who just goes there to spend some time with him. Treats you know? him like a, a human being. They eat some kind of weird vegetable pie. Right. They help him dig a hole or something. Yeah. And then uh, he just has like, four shovels right there. By the way, that part always bothered me. <laughs> I never thought jump about in to that. help. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but Dwight, um, but Dwight says, "Oh, these people, you know, they make all these mistakes. They come over here, they eat my pie." He's like, "I guess I'll have to work with them forever, right?" <laughs> yeah, so he yeah. like kind of comes to accept them. Yeah, you know, for what for all they are. Yeah. You see that too when he becomes a building manager. Yeah, kind of does that kind of long play of like, "Hey, you guys should." You guys shouldn't take this shit from me. Right. Like essentially, it's kind of what he ends up doing at the end of that. Again, Pam he... is the one who, right. who picks this fight with him and wins in the end. And well, he like uses Nate as a. <laughs> she gains a lot of his respect then too. Well, here's but 
you know, he lets her win because right. he overhears her oh. talking to Jim in the stairwell. Right, right. And Pam says, you know, I failed at art school. I'm, I failed at being a salesman. She's like, I don't want to fail again. And Dwight overhears her. And, you know, then he has Nate give her that page of the building code yeah. or something like that. He's and, always ready to take care of Pam. You must be messing really bad right now. <laughs> and it's, it's funny that... It's funny that because of Dwight's character and how kind of hardened and uncaring he is for most of the show, that the times when he's not that are some of the most heartfelt moments in all nine seasons, mm. I think. You get that when him and him and Jim have the talk in the stairwell. You get yeah. that when he's yeah. really vulnerable with, you know, all all the stuff about Angela, when he's helping out other characters, when he's when he loses out to to Andy or he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's just those moments when Dwight's like like you mentioned, he's always consistent. You never you always know where he stands. He's totally real. And so when he's actually genuine, it's way more powerful than anyone else being genuine. Aside probably from Michael Scott. But there's a um, moment um where Phyllis is trying to help him with Andy, right? Mm-hmm. And because uh, Phyllis knew or knows, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, What do I do? And she says, Well, you know, you can do you know, give her an ultimatum, you know, why is she choosing Andy? You know, Phyllis says, well, Angela's not much of a risk taker and Andy's not much of a risk, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every time he, Phyllis tries to give her, give him help, he comes back with like a really hurtful thing where like they, he, <laughs> Phyllis gives him advice and he goes, you know, that's really fattening. And she's like, yeah. it's just lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, then he leaves the end, her in the elevator. He leaves her in the elevator. <laughs> and then he says, um, this isn't our floor. Well, he yeah. says, uh, what did Phyllis do? I'll tell you what Phyllis did. She um, she tried to help me, you know. Yeah. So he goes from being very stern and very aggressive to like understanding in that yeah. moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I want to kind of mention too, and you you touched on this with the building manager thing, is that Dwight I think begins with in relation to those other characters, which is to say, pranking back and forth with Jim, friendship with Pam to lesser extent, and then like his uh, relationship with Michael as Michael's right hand man definitely is like the first four or five seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And then kind of through the end of the show, it's all about schemes, right? It it's is, all about yeah. Dwight's crazy plans, owning the building, Hay Place, a place for hay, mm-hmm. you know, trying to oh, get... Oh, welcome to Hay Place, a place for hay. <laughs> He's like, my Uncle Eldred used to uh, host Hay Place, except he called it Hay World. I always dreamed of being the Hay King, but the sun shines on most. <laughs> but... And then you think Excuse me, get off of there. Those are show bales, not play bales. <laughs> then uh, yeah. <laughs> he also is plotting to remove Jim as the manager of the office, right? Uh-huh. He has a scheme to um, become the manager again. The Mallard. Coming in is the, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the gym manager so, thing, yeah, yes. Yeah. And then Jacques Souvenier when he comes back at the end, right? Um, all these little schemes and plans that he has to kind of, uh, he goes down to California. I mean, this is less of a scheme, but like he goes down to California to like tell Robert California mm-hmm. that he wants the job, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Like there are all these little, you know, Dwight campaign sort of things yeah. that he's mm-hmm. doing in the background. Remember when he stages the fire? Right. Um, or when they're in, yeah, when they're in Florida and he's trying to impress Nelly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, did you say that? No. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's part <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's always trying to be one step ahead, you mm-hmm. know. With and, the, and you're right that, like, it it was a long time since the coup. In that, that scene when he's uh, eating pancakes and having oh a conversation gosh, with yeah. Jan, which is an all-timer. I want the branch, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, the, waiter, the waiter comes over with food and he's like, it's all for me. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, it's all on the table. Right. Uh, and then, like, once that gets crushed and Michael kind of, like quashes that with the whole Crentist move, uh, mm-hmm. you know, handing him the pin. <laughs> like the way Dwight cowers and shrivels back to just being uh, subservient is so I'll good. Do your laundry, and then he, yeah, he stays I like that. I have a laundry machine. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, love. I mean, and then too, I think you know, talking about yeah, the coup is the perfect example of like the first major move that Dwight makes, yeah, right? And yeah. I think um, another moment at the end where. Um, he tranquilizes Stanley where he tranquilizes Stanley, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that Stanley says is, you know what, Dwight, for a threat to be credible, and then boom, he gets hit with a dart. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets up and he gets hit again, right? Yeah. But I think at the in the work bus episode, in the beginning of season nine, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh Jim engineers a scheme to like get them to close down the branch so they can take like a week off and then ends up Dwight gets in the bus, right? Yeah. And it goes to what? Laverne's pies tire fi- tires fixed also. Mm-hmm. And uh while they're driving, Pam says, do you think, uh, she says to Jim, do you think Dwight is acting a little weird? And Jim says, no, he's, 
he's he's always this way, right? Yeah. And Pam says, no, but like, shouldn't he be plotting revenge or scheming or trying to get back at you, right? Yeah. And uh, it's true in that Dwight, you know, Jim has a moment where he talks to Dwight and Jim says, you know, Dwight says, I'm barren. You know, Angela's child isn't mine, right? Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and, and, he, and he's like, you know what, Jim, you win. We've been fighting for years. You win. You're the alpha male. You did it. Buy your wife a pie. Buy the world a pie, right? And then... Uh, <laughs> Jim gets up and says, you know, I did that was a prank, Dwight. Like I faked the energy thing and he's like, You flooded my building with dangerous radiation as a prank? He goes, Congratulations, that's the best prank you've ever done. Genuinely <laughs> 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 impressed. Yeah, when 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 it comes to uh pranking, Dwight is kind of on a different level than mm-hmm. Jim's. Uh uh when uh the snowball. Oh, Dwight's episode. Dwight's pranks on Jim. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the well, snowball. The snow. Yeah, so yeah, Jim uh, it says it's snowing, and uh, Dwight makes fun of him. Isn't oh, this, little girl, yeah. isn't that? Isn't this fun for you, little girl? The <laughs> yeah. first snowfall of winter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, Dwight comes back at him uh, <laughs> super hard. <laughs> so first, several. Yeah. What, so first, what's the Jim comes up back with a single snowball and he goes, "Hey, right. Dwight!" And he and, hits him in the face. Yeah. And Dwight, which says, is pretty mean, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a real dick move. After yeah. after Dwight kind of sets him up. This is their back. This is their thing. They always escalate, right? right? And then uh, Dwight says, um, "All right, Jim, I challenge you to a real snowball fight on the first snowfall of winter." And they get mm-hmm. up and they shake their hands, and Jim won't let go of Dwight's hand. Right? <laughs> and he's like, "Sounds like fun. Can I get in?" <laughs> he goes, "No, Andy, get your own thing." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then uh, Dwight draws Jim outside, and it turns mm-hmm. out he's like chained the door shut. Somehow, oh yeah. And he just goes crazy with a bunch of snowballs. Right. He has tons of snowballs pre-made. Yeah, and Jim is bleeding. And is stuff. that when he bursts out of the snowman? Oh yeah, that's what he does. Okay. He bursts yeah. out of the snowman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then I think Jim, and then maybe uh, I think Dw- it's. I might get these two out of order, but Dwight was wearing wigs of everyone in the office of, of Pam, and yeah. he has a basket of snowballs that he hits Jim with, and yeah. everybody's laughing. <laughs> yeah. And then Jim comes back and tries to get him with the lacrosse ball, right? Which breaks breaks the window. a window. And Jim and Dwight's like harmless little snowballs, Jim. You know, uh, he's like, I plan to uh, pursue action against Jim for psychological distress. Yeah. And uh, then it ends with uh, Jim being terrified with Pam. They try to go out to their car and Dwight has filled the parking lot with snowmen. And he thinks that he's standing on the roof watching his Jim yeah. takes them all out with his umbrella and his bag. He's watching in the darkness. And he says, in the end, the greatest snowball is fear. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight is a true. He can be a really good villain. Yeah. He needs to be. They. You know, but some might argue Jim's a real villain too. Mm-hmm. Too some, might. Some might. Some might. Oh, what a waste of a day! I could have been <laughs> growing poison mushrooms that'd be this high by now. <laughs> They're mushrooms. They're... They don't grow very high. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Jim and Dwight aren't. Uh, of course, the show ends with them being best buds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But um, sometimes they're they're even more um, against each other than just the little pranks. I mean, there's the conflict resolution episode when we learn that Dwight uh, has a standing appointment with Toby at about 3 p.m. every Friday Friday to complain about Jim. Um, And Toby says that he's sending them to the corporate office, which is a box under his desk. Right. Yeah. When Dwight finds out about that, he is livid. Mm -hmm. As he should be. Yeah. I mean, he's like demands that Michael fire Jim mm, or, or he'll quit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I think over time, what what are some of these little things that happen that build the relationship between Jim and Dwight? How do they arrive at being friends? I think about times when they get stuck together, when mm-hmm. they get made. They're the party planning committee. I was going to say, I, like the first time they have to work together, is it when they do the party planning committee? together um and they throw kelly or they do the birthday for kelly so this is kind of a uh i mean it's a retcon so like retroactive continuity but like in the later seasons right uh specifically (laughs) retcon yeah yeah never heard that before yeah Yeah. i think i think we should do a whole episode about retcons that'd be great it's a thing that they talk about in comic books a lot where like you have this established thing that happened and then because they have to keep a story fresh They were like, no, 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 that's not what happened. Turns out this guy was the bad guy the whole time. Oh, Turns okay. out the Got doctor it. was a clone or whatever, right, 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 whatever right, it is, right? right? Sure, okay. But in um, in season eight at the end when they go to do the pitch, or I don't remember the context, but it's, um, oh, here it is. Season nine, Suit Warehouse, right? Okay. And uh, Dwight is going to go pitch the Suit Warehouse with Jim, and he calls Jim, and he says, uh, 
He's like, hey, we need to make a new tandem sale. Uh, it's time for Handsome and Stinky to get back together. <laughs> and Dwight, and Jim says, sorry, Stinky, I can't. I'm busy. You know, I'm in Philly. <laughs> and Dwight goes through the old, uh, all the old schemes that they would do together to make sales. And so it's like the huh. two of them, oh, on, right. the two of them right. on a motorcycle, like the two of them, you oh, know, my like, gosh. yeah, they would pretend to be different family members, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen, and then the, it makes me think of the time when they are, Everyone goes out on the sales calls together. Right. And we yes. kind of learned that Jim and Dwight used to do this a lot. Traveling I, salesmen. Which we three. don't really see a, lo- a lot of. But I don't know if that is traveling salesmen. Not the Timothy Oliphant episode. No. Um, but anyways, they go out and they have their little bit that they do where Dwight picks up the phone and dials some company and is on and like lets it run on hold for like a super long time. And then. Eventually, they're like, so oh, and this then, is one of the big guys. And Jim calls Kelly, and it immediately gets <laughs> oh my to God, Kelly. Jim! I'm so excited that he just he just hangs up on her, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, Traveling Salesman season three, that's yeah. when they come together. Okay. Um, because, you know, uh, Dwight is walking behind Jim, and he says, most like, most attacks are likely to come from the rear. Right. Jim turns around and hits him on the face. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, Before he, that, <laughs> leave the keys. Yeah. You still do that thing? Yeah. He rocks out. Yeah, yeah. And he sits in the back, and he's like... Uh, more ac- accidents are more likely to happen to people in the front of the seat, yeah. and Jim hits the brakes, and Dwight falls forward <laughs> into the headrest. You know? So they're fighting the whole time, but then they make they make the for this, yeah, and they make it. They're a great team, mm-hmm. and they, you know they they can be mutual. Yeah, they they can be mutually destructive and mutually helpful as well. And you see that in the uh, uh, when they make the party for Kelly. That's right. <laughs> they're sort of forced to be on the same side there. It is your birthday period. Yeah. All-timer. We have, a, we have a voicemail sort of about this. Should we listen to that? Oh, sure. Oh, my gosh. A voicemail. Yeah. Uh, we sure do. Please leave a message for Andy Bernard. Hi, this is Colin Colin, and I am calling in from Portland. <laughs> Anyways, MSPC, I just wanted to say, I feel like Dwight gets a lot of hate throughout the entire show. He's the butt of several a joke. And I got it. And um, really, I just think that the pranks that Jim is constantly playing on Dwight just don't age well. I mean, it's just kind of like a guy showing up trying to do his job and he's constantly getting like just bullied around the office. I don't know. I had to, I find myself identifying more and more with Dwight the longer I watch the show and the more rewatches <laughs> I do. Curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, this is Colin, Colin, Colin out. <laughs> Well, thanks, Colin, Colin. Yeah, we have to thank Colin, Colin for calling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you agree with him that... So, do, do, does Dwight deserve all the pranks that Jim plays on him? Even Dwight, even Jim, um, in Conflict Resolution, when, they are, when Michael is reading back all the pranks that Jim has played on Dwight one after another, even Jim confesses they're not that funny. When you read them back to back. When you read them back to back to back. But he does deserve it. That's Jim's line, yes. Yeah. Um, does he deserve it? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if I would go so far as to say that Dwight deserves to be pranked, right? I don't think I anyone deserves yeah. to be pranked. I don't pranked. think he deserves yeah. to be pranked. But it is part of their back and forth. You see this a lot more in like season one and season two, but like you see Dwight you know, pushing all of Jim's stuff onto his desk while Jim is on the phone. Yeah. Right? And you see Jim kind of retaliating by sticking up a bunch of pencils. Yeah. And Dwight slaps them down with a ruler. Like, yeah. they, they go back and forth a lot more yeah. in the early seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, the way that Jim affects Dwight is less direct than something like pranking. Um, think about the healthcare episode, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Dwight is, like, not that great of a guy. He mm. constantly wants to get other people in the office fired. fired yeah. He... um is extremely sexist too. I mean, you think about episodes like, um, you can be in charge of the women. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He is really, he is really sexist. Um, when, when Phyllis gets flashed, his reaction to that entire incident for that whole episode is appalling. (laughs) He he pushes Phyllis to run out after the flasher. Let's not forget his shadowy Nazi family history as well. Yes. <laughs> we find out that Dwight's grandfather was a member of the Bund. Uh, in the episode where there's a hornet's nest, you know, he sicks Nate out to go out to go take care of the hornet's nest. And Phyllis says, yeah, I got stung on my dress. And Dwight goes, poor hornet. 
to no one. It's pretty mean. Yeah, it's I so mean. That. Really it's such mean. a terrible thing to say. Yeah. Uh, in order to win the weight loss contest, he drives Phyllis out to a bad part of town with no purse and no phone and leaves her there so she can walk back and burn calories. Right. Super harsh. Yeah. Yeah. He refers to Angela as a farm animal twice, two different occasions. <laughs> I think Dwight Dwight's sort of extreme. It's a way for Jim to kind of undercut Dwight's... Uh, sort of extreme nature and the severity mm. of everything that he does, right? Although I, I get that it's not back and forth with Jim and Dwight where Jim would, where uh, Dwight would quote-unquote deserve it. I don't think, any, you know, like we said, no one deserves to be pranked, right? No. Yeah. Um, but I think part of the reason that Jim does it is because Dwight is so gullible. And it's funny that, like, Dwight is so, is so uh, for a character who's so serious about things like, I don't know, like landmines and bears and stuff. Like he's so willing to believe kind of anything, right? He believes yeah. that Jim. He and loves that, fantasy, and, and that's the source of the the comedy. I think he believes Jim is a vampire when he right. gets bit by a bat. Jim yeah, is on his crazy. own journey now. That's crazy. <laughs> it would make sense that it would come from a Sylvania, like a Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, another time that we see Dwight kind of um, um, being this completely un um, uh, uh, empathetic characters prince family paper he gets really into going after this very small uh, family company yes. mm-hmm. here's shark let me sharpen my teeth for you <laughs> <laughs> he like is so he's so evil in that episode or when he finally starts to take revenge on michael he's yeah. like you have awakened the wolf <laughs> and, but he you know it is really consistent with this character like he does have an extremely he looks at he's very binary in the way he looks at the world. It's like kill or be killed. Yeah, you know this is his experience growing up on a farm. He's he he has a very like hands in the earth approach to life where it's like all right, well, uh, the dominant species will win, and I I will continue to pursue being the dominant species. It's so not, it plays out. It's not that Uncle Al is you know an older family member who isn't really lucid anymore and doesn't it has a hard time expressing himself and suffers from dementia. He either is or is not a wedding crasher. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Dwight really does like have a difficult time discerning uh, reality versus fantasy. I mean, he talks about like he wishes he could hire Jack Bauer as his <laughs> assistant regional manager or something like that. Um, Don't get me started on how coddled the modern anus is. <laughs> he also gets Jim convinces him that he's going to join the CIA and to get rid of his phone. You know, Jim, oh Jim, the future, future Dwight, right? Future Dwight, future Dwight, Dwight. Future, oh my gosh, right? Um, I'm trying to think of others. He convinces Dwight to climb up that cable pole, right, with all the red wire. Oh, it's okay. Jim got up there. He's, yeah, he'll exactly. be fine. Yeah, all these, all these little pranks like that, like that's like the source of comedy that like Jim or that Dwight believes in all these things. He says, like, "Yeah, I shot a werewolf once, but by the time I caught up to it, it had turned back into my neighbor's dog." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do, I do think probably Dwight makes Jim's day to day work life a little yeah. more difficult. And I think Jim is a really non confrontational person. We, yeah, we see him struggle with confrontation that's a good... many times over the series and so, so his, that's why he pranks. his outlet is like i'll just prank and wink yeah. at the camera instead yeah. of confronting dwight one of the early scenes from the opening credits is dwight shredding documents and he's doing it while jim is on the phone with an important client you know yeah. right so there there is that sort of tension mm-hmm. that sort of butting heads the precedence there where they go back and forth all the time right For sure. he re- and, dwight doesn't care about other people very much in the show no that in the last few seasons really changed his character quite a bit i mean when you get that, I mean, at the end, when when he reads Michael Michael Scott's letter to like his uh, recommendation for Dwight, oh, and he starts crying. Really sweet. It's yours, a wipe. Don't screw the pooch. Congratulations, Gracie. Yeah, it's very endearing, and the whole like the yeah. the his uh, Dwight's bachelor party does all these things to make his character so much more endearing. But yeah, you're right. You forget that like season one, season two, season three, Dwight is just like, dude, that guy would be a nightmare to work with. So yeah, that I, said though, still doesn't deserve. Yes. Some of the torture. So that- we can hold true that no one deserves to be pranked. We yeah. can hold true that like Dwight does things to encourage it and that Jim has his own reasons, right? Yeah. Because of not taking mm-hmm. work seriously. But like, I do think there is an interesting point that Colin kind of raises, which is that Dwight is a great salesman, you know? Yeah, this is true. Yeah, this is true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that Dwight is just this 
innocent, hardworking guy who's who's trying to do his job, and Jim yeah. keeps getting in the way. I, I wouldn't go that far. Mm-hmm. There's there are elements of truth to that because Dwight is a great salesman. Dwight yeah, he is the top the salesman computer. of the company. He outsells the the website. You know? Yeah, but yeah. for the first few, Stanley's referred to as the top salesman several times, hmm. and then Dwight, it, like that's why Karen Filippelli tries to get Stanley because like really? it was their best. Yeah, Stanley was their best salesman. That's in season three. Uh, is it just because he's been there wars. so much longer than anyone else? It, it's well, a, I think it's just a minor. I mean, because Dwight error, is supposed to. I think Dwight is generally established as the top salesman, top salesman of the company for the speech. I think that's true. I think Karen tries to poach Stanley, and like we have to watch, go back. But like, I don't think Karen could have poached Dwight. Why would you want to? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. That's but, Stanley. but Stanley yeah. is a guy you could poach if you're yeah, trying to poach Yeah, for sure, salesman, for sure. You know? I just thought because Michael's like. Put me on the phone with your best salesman, Ben Nugent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, Can uh, I? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I have something. I've. This just always bugged me, and I want to know what you guys think about this. Is it's not realistic at all that Dwight would be able to run a fully functioning farm on top of having a nine to five day job? I right. mean, M- Moses helping him. Moses <laughs> is he? <laughs> I just like. From what I, the very, very little I know about even like running a farm, like it is an insane amount of work all the time. Like you have to be up early and working a lot. I know. He watches a lot of television too. That's the thing. He's watching The Apprentice, Battlestar Does Galactica, karate, paintball. 24. That's an interesting point. I think, I don't know. He has a lot of family, right? True. And we yeah, maybe everybody. a lot, right? He has a lot of family. Let's talk about uh, Dwight's family. Of course, he marries Angela, but he's and he's also got his son Philip. Before we go to Dwight's family, yes. okay, okay. Do we have anything else we want to say on Colin's question? Oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry. No, you know you're good. I As think we a, should just make sure we like. Let's wrap it up with a. I answer. I do agree with Colin that Dwight is a very very good worker. He's maybe not a very very great uh, coworker or colleague, but yeah. he does his job well. I agree that he he doesn't deserve all the um, the ridicule that Jim gives him, but I find it funny that he as the as you watch the show more you identify more with Dwight. It's, like, it's an interesting perspective, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, it is true that he does just I don't know. I don't necessarily agree that Dwight just shows up to do his job because you also do see him scheming so much. Mm-hmm. Like, if that were true, he wouldn't be so annoying. He's a great salesman. I don't know if he's a great employee. Right, like. Stanley or just kind of shows up to kind of do his job. Stanley doesn't right. show up with anything Stanley's else. Stanley's a dream employee. And the yeah. only time you ever prank Stanley is to see how little he will notice. You know? Right. Um, but You've been th- meatball. <laughs> <laughs> He's been feeding us for weeks. <laughs> That's a, a great, great, a great, great Dwight and Stanley yeah. team up there. Yeah, I have one. an audience now, and he's into something really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, generally speaking, I, I, I think uh, I would agree that maybe Jim's pranks are over the top especially when you rewatch the show like it's so it's so much but like i think it's a, it's a really good source of humor throughout the show it's uh-huh. a really good sort of consistent thing that the show does right and i think uh jim and dwight go back and forth with each other for a reason you know they kind of they kind of meet each other halfway on some of these things mm-hmm. i think i think sometimes you do feel sorry for dwight when he is is getting pranked but um I, I don't know. That's that's part of the cringe comedy of it almost in the beginning, I think. Mm-hmm. And this is something... That sometimes it's a little too real. We can do a whole other episode about uh, Jim's morality. But yeah. from Dwight's perspective, yeah, it's like... Yeah, it is a bit harsh and everyone does make fun of him. But uh, I think he pushes a lot of people's buttons. And we all know someone like that. And that's that it makes sense that he would get some pushback from his coworkers. For the most part, when we feel sorry for Dwight, Jim seems to feel sorry for Dwight too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, we've never really seen Jim kick him when he's down. Right. Yeah. Unless he totally doesn't even realize that, that he's down and then he makes up for it after that. Mm. So let's move to your question about uh, yeah. Dwight's family. Oh, well, like I just wanted to talk about some of these other people. I mean, he's got his, his brother, his brother, Jeb and uh, Fanny. His sister. Mm-hmm. Jeb is Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. In yeah. The farm from, episode in season nine. From Silicon Valley. Um, and Badger from Breaking Bad, of course, as we've mentioned. Dwight is Dwight Kurt Schrute third. His father is Dwight Schrute second, And Hida Schrute, his mother. Hedda. Hedda. Thank you. There's a moment where they're trying to guess Dwight's password. They're trying to guess passwords for the Doomsday episode. And Jim says, they're like, what about he? They're like, what about what's his mom's name? And Jim goes... Hedda, and he's like, oh, I'm so bummed that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
His grandfather's name was Dwight Schrute. His great-grandfather's name was Dwight Schrude. Dwight. His name, his father's name, Dwight Schrude. Um, I love the influence that the Pennsylvania Dutch, the Amish sort of uh, connection has uh, has to Dwight. That's really funny. Like the way he tries to help out the kids, you know, uh, the Belschnickel of it all. Yeah. And don't we all want to meet this bell pickle Dwight guy? Dwight Christmas. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dwight Christmas. Yes, Dwight's idea. The weddings are a bleak affair. <laughs> <laughs> learn your rules. You have to learn your rules. If you don't, you'll be eaten in your sleep. <laughs> Uh, of course, his cousin Moe's. He's also got his cousin Zeke. God, I love cousin Moe's. Cousin Moe's is just an amazing character, too. I mean... He's used the perfect amount. Like, yes. he's just... He, sh- he should just be a dash here and there. It's perfect. <laughs> he's like Ralph Wiggum in The Simpsons. Like, mm. something... Ve- like, he's he's so stupid, it's almost zen. Because <laughs> he kind of dominates any scene he's in, because he's so out there. When they open the Sesame Avenue daycare in the old Michael Scott Paper Company thing, where it's dark yeah. and they flip I didn't open, know it was called Sesame, Sesame Avenue. Avenue yeah, Moses painting in the dark. Yeah, they open it up and Moses painting in the dark, and he has a cab- he has a Cabbage Patch doll and a baby Bjorn strapped to him on the front. And he goes, "Welcome, children." <laughs> was he painting in the dark? I think I think my next up is my cousin Moses. Moses will be a great paper salesman because he has a natural fear of paper, which will motivate him to get rid of it as soon as possible. Eighty. Thousand dollars a year. <laughs> um, I also just wanted to say, great, un- great uncle honk. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a great name. Do you guys have any concluding uh, statements you'd like to make about Dwight and and uh, your any any philo- theories on this guy? I think Dwight will. His the character of Dwight Schrute, I think, has entered a. Uh, 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 hallowed grounds, I think, of hallowed hall, hallowed grounds of like all time comedy characters. I think he, I think, I think him and Michael Scott are probably the probably the one and two as far as just looking at these long running comedies totally. that are very uh, generational shows, and he's a generational character. Um, and it's been a pleasure to watch him on screen. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think Dwight, especially like as you rewatch the show, like Dwight is the one who stands out the most as kind of a. Uh, Having all these signature moments in the show, these signature lines, these signature mm-hmm. uh, schemes and plans and quotes and things, and mm-hmm. like the like I said, I think the extreme nature of his character, the severity, the the self seriousness that he has, really grounds the show and gives kind of the um, the fact that he takes the work so seriously is such an important factor to the show. And I think the way that he evolves and becomes. Um, maybe more sympathetic to Pam or the other coworkers, right? Mm-hmm. In relation to his sort of devious, uh, you know, yeah, always plotting to take over the world kind of uh, mindset is really, really amazing. And I, I think we would be remiss to not pay homage to Mackenzie Crook, who portrayed Gareth Keenan on the BBC office. Obviously, kind of. Rain Wilson made it his own character and did his own thing. But as far as a template that he had to work from, yeah, um, especially in season one, I mean, the character of Gareth Keenan, which is the BBC Definitely a Dwight, fascist is, nerd. is like, I, I, I would argue, the best character in the entire world of The Office in both seasons. Hmm. For I, me, but, you know. I, I mean, I love Dwight. I think, that, I think that there's a lot of people out there who relate to Dwight more than someone like Jim, who's supposed to be the cool guy. You know, they're people who are passionate and get made fun of and feel like, um, an outsider and uh, did you leave this voicemail? <laughs> what did you leave this voicemail? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but of course uh, Dwight's also an idiot and I love wh- the comedy of that. Uh, <laughs> Michael asked Dwight, uh, "What is the best advice I've ever given you? Don't be an idiot. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I don't do that thing." K I S S. Keep it simple, stupid. Michael Hurts says my it. feelings every time. <laughs> Shall we move on? Conference room, five minutes. All right, you know what? That's it. Conference room, five minutes. Uh, I have prepared a little conference room uh, meeting for us today. Uh, We're going to go through some of uh, my favorite standout single episode characters. Okay? Great. Ah, good one. uh, Strict single episode um, rule for this. There are a lot of people who make a quick reappearance 
Um, I couldn't put Chris Gethard on this list. Trevor, yeah. Because he comes back. Same with Rolf. Um, some other folks. Rolf so You're just saying people who've only appeared they, in one episode they of The can Office. can only have Got been it. in okay. one episode, okay? Um, of course, I'll start with uh, Mr. Brown, Larry Wilmore. <laughs> oh, okay. In Diversity Day. I love Larry Wilmore. He had a great show on uh, Comedy Central for a little while. The Nightly Show. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, I mean, of course, it's just such a fantastic episode. And he just plays it so straight. With Michael Scott, um, uh, hilarious. The client, Tim Meadows. Oh yeah, he he does not have a name besides uh, the client. You slit your wrists. You said <laughs> you said world. This is my blood. It's red, just like yours. So love, so love me. me. <laughs> I want my baby back, baby, baby back, baby, baby back. I want my. They're playing truth or dare at Outback State Steakhouse. <laughs> All right, Jan Truth, tell us about your divorce. Like, most people are really put off by Michael Scott, but the rare times he really clicks with, like, a stranger or someone else in the business world are just gems always. <laughs> he has to it. call He has to call back to the office and has Pam read him jokes out of a joke book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then there's, there isn't even a uh, lead-up to this. They just show the end, and he's like, well, I'm a proctologist, and I drive a brown probe. And Tim <laughs> Meadows kills laughs. Kills that's him. funny. I had awesome blossom coming out of my nose. Oh, my God, that's right. Megan, can we have an awesome bo- blossom, please? Extra awesome. <laughs> Jan is just done. Uh, next up, I couldn't find a name for this character. Maybe there is one, but mouse on cat on dog guy. Oh, it's Paul Feig. Who's Paul Feig, <laughs> who d- is a director of about uh, 15 episodes of The Office, including like Goodbye, Michael, which is mm-hmm. a great episode. Also uh, directed a lot of Arrested Development. <laughs> he also directed Bridesmaids uh, and uh, the recent Ghostbusters remake. I accidentally set my cat down on my dog, and I was so mad at myself. And then I was like... <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> and you go through a lot of mice. <laughs> it's at the talent age. The yeah, casting yeah. Agency. Andy is going to yeah. Roseanne Barr as a Carla Fern. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next up is Rory Flanderson, played oh, by War- played by Warren Lieberstein, Paul Lieberstein's brother, and Angela In real life. and Angela Mar- and Angela Kinsey's husband. Oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Did not know that. Let me double check that to see if that's true. My <laughs> shelves are bursting with preserves, right? Overflowing with preserves. O- overflowing. Um, next up is... Al- oh, they, they, they divorced. I'm oh, sorry. No. <laughs> uh, Elbert- sorry, Toby, you answered everything. He's been divorced. <laughs> Elbert Lappin. <laughs> that is Phyllis uh, Lappin's uh, grandfather who suffers from uh, dementia. And uh, wanders off. Uh, Wait, gets, you're, gets you're, bounced by. <laughs> you're mix, you're mixing two characters. Am I? Am it's I? Uncle Al. Yes. Uncle Al is the one who has dementia. Elbert is the one in the wheelchair who gets up and walks oh. up. Oh, another great character. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, they both count. Yeah, yeah. We'll give it to both of them. You got a one A and one B. Um, we have Lucas Luke Cooper, <laughs> uh, who is uh, uh, Michael's nephew, played by. Evan Peters in Nepotism. Didn't what else is that actor? Yeah, what else is he in? I know, I know him too. Like he went on I to be in something else. Like some, I feel like a. I want to uh, say a superhero he's show. In American Horror Story, he's in. Oh, you know who he is? American Horror Story. That's he's Quicksilver in X Men movies. <laughs> okay, okay. Like the, the more recent X Men movies. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Luke Cooper. I really love cinema. My favorite movies are Citizen Kane and the Boondock Saints. <laughs> oh my God, that's so accurate. <laughs> Especially like, what was that? Like 2008, 2009, that episode. It was just like yeah. right on the money. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, I've got Stephanie on here. Do you know who, Ste- who Stephanie is? Stephanie. Wow. Stephanie, played by uh, Laurel Kopic is the receptionist in Florida. Oh, yes. for Dwight. <laughs> well, you got, I'm, glad then, you're on, I'm glad you're on our team. I'm glad you're on our team. And then he at- attacks Gabe, <laughs> pins him down onto his desk, and Gabe is like, Stephanie, help. <laughs> and she just looks away. <laughs> so that actress is on the Ford commercial. She's like the, oh. Ford, she's like the saleswoman in the Ford oh, commercials. Oh, for sure. You, you'll now, like... Now you'll see you got, her. Like, yeah, if you see those four commercials, like, yeah, she's, she's always, so yeah, uh, very, very visible. Paris. Do you know who Paris is? I don't know. Paris 
played by Yvette Nicole Brown, who also oh. plays Shirley on Community, is the other Staples employee who works with Dwight. I don't like him, his big head, <laughs> or those beady little eyes. That's all I got to That's say about one. that. And then she throws away her drink yeah. cup in the garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very good. Um, the, oh, the My last one here, um, and, and I say... These are standout single episode characters, not my favorite single episode characters, because I had to recognize Josie, played by Sarah Baker, who is Pam's mean nurse at <laughs> at oh, the hospital yes. when <laughs> she is having her baby. Can we get a late oh, check you out? you read the book, so you know everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. That's right. That actress is great. She's also Zach Galifianakis's wife in the campaign. If you ever saw that, oh my god, she's really that's a good crazy in that movie. Yeah, uh, that's my conference room. Nice. Thanks for listening. All right. Do we have some trivia? That we do, my friends. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. This week, for the first time ever, uh, I will be leading trivia, um, and this trivia is about the subject of our uh, episode this week: Dwight Kurtrud. Um, so, okay. So a couple of these we might oh, have God, we so might have nervous. covered a little bit. I didn't try to go too hard, um, but we'll we'll see how this goes. I tried to go across multiple seasons, so uh, let's just get started. Mm-hmm. All right, this is from the first season. During the basketball game, what shirt is Dwight wearing? Oh, uh, Tasmanian Devil. No, or it's like a it's not a Looney Tunes uh, shirt. It is a cartoon character. It's a generic cartoon character. It, it's not. Um. Mighty Mouse. It's it's, it's a, not a specific it an, character. It's no. anime. He, oh. It's like a woman like tied <laughs> yeah. up on. <laughs> it, I don't know. I think I don't know what the character is doing, but it just says World Anime Expo Philadelphia 2000. Yeah, that's right. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you think someone found that shirt at like a something yeah, shop and were like, "This is something Dwight would wear." <laughs> uh, okay, this this one is a softball for you guys. I think. What are the themes of the rooms at Shrewd Farms? Irrigation, nighttime. America. Damn. That is correct. That was quick. Bonus. What are the mattress sizes? It's my favorite episode. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are the mattress sizes? Twin, full, and. <laughs> I don't know. Is no, there? I don't know. Is there? Is it? I don't even know if it's twin and full. Is it? It's he's like... on. He's on the phone with a with a customer, and he says, "Oh, uh, he's like, no, we don't have any queen beds. Uh, we have our own ma- house made mattresses that don't conform to traditional sizes. Closest will be twin." <laughs> That's right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Um, when a shrewd man has sex with a woman, what does he receive? Uh, oh, a bag of oats that's, on his doorstep. That, that's, that's correct. What you do with those oats is your business. They're your oats. Uh, what is the name of Dwight's nocturnal vigilante group? Nights, Nights of the, of the night. night. That's correct. It's uh, a tie. Why does Dwight already have a business card with him as manager? Just when he takes over as the manager in season nine, he gives David Wallace a card. It says Dwight Troop manager. And David says, David says, why do you already have this? I, did, I mean, did he make them a long time ago? <laughs> Dwight says. Or a vision board or something? He says, in case Michael or Andy ever got killed in a traffic accident and there was a trade show on the same day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, name. Okay, so we've talked about Dwight and the wigs. Yeah. Can you name the characters that Dwight was shown in the montage? Having Meredith, Stanley. Oscar. Nope. You have one more. It's Mer- it's Meredith, it's Stanley, and it's... Uh, Pam. Uh, Angela? We know that Dwight loves M&M's, right? Oh, no, no, it's, it's Kevin. It's Kevin. He's Kevin. digging in the, the M&M's. Ball. Oh, he has the ball cap. cap. I was... I'm, okay. Okay. And I, I, have, I have one last one. Um, so I had to go through multiple episodes to find this. Okay. List all the weapons that Dwight has hidden around the office. And some of them, yeah. He has throwing stars. Mm-hmm. He has cross a, hunting bow. He has like a mace on a chain, right? I don't know if he has the. He mace. has like a flail thing. When is that? I didn't see that. I don't disagree with you. Okay, nunchucks. Nunchucks. That is correct. Throwing stars is correct. Can we count the, the gun? The compound gu- <laughs> bow under the couch. The gun is correct. There's a knife in a file cabinet. Mr. A knife. <laughs> what does he get out of the... Does he get, a, does he get a sword out of the ceiling? He gets a sword in the ceiling. That's right. I um, mean, he has... Oh, did you already say mace? You said... The, uh, you mean... I, I mean, like, the spray. Pepper spray. Yeah, pepper mm-hmm. spray. Correct. We will count the... Uh, what is it? The mace? Yeah. There's, like, a flail. There's, like, a medieval... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Uh, there are a few others, if, uh, if you want to keep guessing. 
Uh, D- does he have brass knuckles? He does have brass knuckles. <laughs> brass knuckles. <laughs> Uh, does he have like a, a blow dart? He has the blow dart gun in the toilet. Does he have a butterfly knife? Uh, I don't know if he has hey, a man. butterfly knife. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. Um, so some of these are just shown in inserts, but like yeah. there's uh, there's a scene where Dwight is showing off his weapons to the camera. There's a scene where D- Toby is confiscating weapons from Dwight. Right. And then in the duel episode, uh, Jim is collecting all of uh, Dwight's weapons before the duel, which right, is why Dwight right. comes out with the bike chain. Right. Um, so in addition, so I'm just going to list them all off. Nunchucks, throwing stars, pepper spray. You got. He had the size, which are like the Japanese oh, daggers. Oh, course, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The water cooler, uh, Mr. A knife, the sword in the ceiling, blowgun and toilet, uh, the nightstick, uh, mm-hmm. handcuffs, a boomerang, oh. um, a Chinese sword, a taser. He has like a sickle, like a scythe kind of thing behind the copy machine. And then Meredith tells Jim there's a star-shaped thing taped under the kitchen table. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So that concludes Dwight trivia. And that concludes our Dwight episode for today. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Michael Scott Pod. We're on Instagram, at Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a phone number that you can call and leave messages. As you heard Colin, Colin demonstrate today, 503-694-9314. Give us a call. Leave us a question. Leave us a comment. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode where we discuss some aspect of our favorite show. Season two. Season two, that's right. Yes, that's what we're talking about next week. Season two of The Office. Thanks so much for listening. I am your Hey King. All hail your hey king! We'll see you Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.